and welcome to Thought Garden or welcome back if you've listened before. I have another guest and I am just expecting really joyful things because I see I'm chuckling already and I don't want to give the game away too much. But so I've got a lady today who is a former nurse and a Steiner teacher. Her three adopted children paved her way to find her current vocation where she discovered her own need for playfulness and freedom. Now she's trained as a clown facilitator with a company called Nose to Nose and she went on to to facilitate clowning workshops for medical students at the University of East Anglia for a number of years and she's really interested in working with healthcare professionals but also social workers more recently and indeed anyone who has a role in caring for others. So We're going to get into where her interest in clowning has come from. I don't think I've ever, ever, ever interviewed anyone that's in this. I've done puppets. (laughs) I did the thing on puppets. I've not listened to somebody about clowning. So Angie, tell us, wow, how did this come about? Well, it was, you know, completely unexpected to me as well, Rachel, if I'm honest. So um, I adopted my three children over 20 years ago now. And uh, the social worker said, um, you and your husband must go out one evening a week. Um, And I ended up on an acting course, a beginner's acting course. Um, And I had no idea why I was there. I didn't, you know, I'm not a good actor. Um, I didn't enjoy it, but I was getting out. And then the the last three weeks of the 10-week course our teacher became sadly poorly and we had a replacement and the replacement teacher um, held this little box um, like a little magic box and opened it and inside she revealed these red noses and there was something you know magical in that of itself you know seemingly nothing but it that it felt very precious and then she asked for a volunteer and and my hand just shot up and she asked me to go to this wall face the wall Um, I mean hardly any hardly any um explanation of what well no explanation actually just go and stand at the wall face it and don't look around until I tell you to and when I tell you to turn around I want you to give, there'll be something in the space and I want you to give me a hundred percent. And it was as though I'd waited to hear those words my whole life, you know, give a hundred percent. I thought this is absolutely fantastic. And I just gave it a hundred percent and I've no idea where it came from. Um, but this imagination, this playfulness, um, this, um, the, the intensity of feeling, whether it was joy or sadness. And, and I looked into the audience and there were, you know, they were laughing some of the time, they were moved some of the time. I was, I, I just don't know where it came from, um, but I knew that I was going to do that for the rest of my life. I just <laughs> thought, this is my job. Yeah. And um, that was it. That was the beginning. <laughs> Started with a nose. <laughs> it's amazing. So, did you get your date nights? <laughs> I, uh, sorry, they weren't date nights. We had to go out separately. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. So he had to have a turn, and I had to have a turn. 
and we did the same course on the on um different nights yeah gosh so wow and now do you both clown well um tolly's ever so serious um he's um you know a really smart guy and uh, he's watched my journey and he's and he supported me completely in it um but i'd say for 15 years it was something i did and he was happy for and then i said come on let's go to italy let's just give it a go and uh now he's really into it amazing yeah and he's a all clowns all are finding your unique clown if you like within so we're not we're not talking custard pies we're not talking tricks or gags no squirty uh, flowers that kind of thing no no I mean you know can be arranged but it isn't where we're coming from (laughs) fair enough (laughs) and uh Tully's got the most I hope he doesn't mind me saying but a really um quite beautiful um quiet clown so you know what I I don't want um, your listeners to think I could teach the kind of clowning that's just full full on um you know do what you like when you like um I want to sort of just if I can name the safety aspects of the work which are there are three rules in clowning that have to be followed really and the first is you don't hurt yourself Mm -hmm. second is you don't hurt anybody else and the third is you don't um, hurt anything as like start breaking things up. So that keeps us all, you know, with clowns, although they've got wonderful imaginations and, and playfulness, they do have to have their feet on the ground. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know why, why, how I came to say that, Rachel, but uh, yeah. No, I think that's quite reassuring because I think there's this, this I don't know, say stigma's the wrong word, but a perception about clowning that, yeah, of course, my brain went to squirty flowers and rubber mallets and things like you said. We do, that's not necessarily it. And also, again, that's that's humour at somebody else's expense, isn't it? Somebody else getting wet or somebody else getting. And it's like you say, it's that self-expression as opposed to being it being your expense. You're laughing at yourself and with yourself, and you're playing, and you're being free as yourself. Whether it's an inner child thing or an inner clown thing. And if it is in a child, well, everyone's in a child is going to be different. Some will be quieter than others. Some will be more stoic. And I think there's nothing more hilarious than somebody who's actually quite straight doing something that's a little bit humorous because it's that's what comedy is. And it? it's the juxtaposition of what you perceive something to be. It's then surprising. And yeah, it's I can just see that being really, I think, quite comforting to somebody who's being introduced to this by you so that's actually while I'm moving on to that but thinking about your clients and the people that you have worked with um and it was hospitals wasn't it to start with was that right uh, yes I mean I've worked for so when <coughs> I trained with nurse to nurse I became part of their team and um people might be wondering why I sort of moved on to be independent and I still am part of nurse to nurse's team and I really think they're fantastic Um, However, I have a vision to open a physical clown school um, with a physical cafe and um, I want to put all my energies into that. But um, I really love Nose to Nose and and the training they gave me. 
Um, I've forgotten the question. It's so easy to get carried away with this subject. It it's joyful. And I think joyfulness sometimes makes us forget ourselves, which is absolutely fine. Trains of thought can do what they like. Um, no, actually, I've sort of forgotten it now. I think it was around, oh, no, your, your clients, and actually not so much clients, but actually those that are on the receiving end of what you do, the the audience, the participants. What, what do you call them? Are they audience? Are they participants? Are they... Um, well, well, they're participants, and to me, they're just pe- you know lovely people who come mm. to clown school, and it's quite a courageous act to come to clown school. Um, so for the medical students, so I'd run week-long workshops with nose-to-nose, and then I set up in my own um, region, which is East Anglia, and I just wrote a very quick line to the professor asking and of medicine, and he agreed to include me in a unit called studies um, outside medicine so it helps the doctors have you know um, a time where it's not just about their profession and they become sort of wider people if you like Mm. Um, and with doctors that you know they're highly intellectual and you know the the top one percent of cleverness and and there's me being a clown teacher Uh, so they had to take a lot of courage and there were choices, so they didn't have to choose clowning. So the, the benefit was they did, some of them did choose it. And the stages of safety. So I had to, so there's there's um, elements of the work is based on non-competitiveness. So we're not trying to outdo one another. We're trying to relate um, and, and be more ourselves. So there's a, a great degree of vulnerability. So in order for anybody to get to that stage, I'm, I'm having, you know, I'm having to work on lots of games, non-competitive games. Even that is a, um, you know, changing their perspective, mm. you know, because most games are, I want to win. Um, yeah, this is it. The nature of a game is that, oh, there's going to be a winner. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't have to be, does it? It's, no. it's not, yeah. We'll play musical chairs where there's never a, a loser. Um, lots and lots of wonderful <laughs> games that just help um, them move into more freedom and more trust. And then we move into improvisations. First of all, seeing a solo clown. And I don't want to see, it's just that coming on to an empty stage not knowing, wondering what on earth, you know, is going to come up, feeling as though they're going to be an entire flop and be ridiculous. But something in that space happens. And, you know, there's usually an object or something that they start to engage with. And magic happens. I mean, just magic happens. Yeah. Uh, And then we'll move into where there's two clowns on stage, and then it's Sorry, I need to tell you about, so when they first go on stage, it's not, it's like um, they check in with themselves. Okay. So we're, we're not, we're not just trying, we're, we're definitely not trying to be funny. So that's the, the yeah. and when you don't have to be funny, somehow you've got more, it, it, you've got more access to it. So the clowns, having done warm-up exercises and trust exercises and games, they then come to this point where we're going to see their clown emerge on a stage. So they check in with themselves, notice how they're feeling, 
and then they step over onto the stage and at that moment they look at the audience and we can see that clown in their vulnerability in their not knowing and you know whatever the object is they start to engage with and share that experience with us not in any big way and as they stay with it um things things start to emerge but we're not asking them we're asking them to share this experience do you see what I mean and it can be a very simple thing it can be a leaf it can be something very very simple and how they hold it how they look at it how they share what they're noticing from their in, inner life becomes uh, transparent and very, very beautiful to watch. Gosh, so all I'm thinking is this sense of, of wonder that must come out if they've not seen that object. And it's like you say, it's a surprise to them the first time they see it. And it's trusting that reaction to emerge and, and allowing themselves it's almost permission isn't it when you do that self-check-in it's I'm yeah I'm giving I'm giving you permission I'm giving myself permission to show my whatever instinctive reaction happens to be and like you say it's it doesn't have to be funny does it but it's I can imagine that being a bit moving a bit heartwarming and if you think about kind of the great clowns of their time they could be quite emotive couldn't they they could be incredibly moving and quite poignant and almost sad in some ways but also then the tragic characters as well as really quite um and then they've got the slapsticks and that but at the same time it's that I mean think about Chaplin such incredible emotive performances <laughs> and yet you would say he was a clown right that's that was his his shtick Yes, it's like the clown in that state of presence and wonder and awe reveals something um, in very in a very little movement or even even in a look. And because it comes from the inside and not from an idea that they're um, imposing from the outside, the essence is is just revealed. It's just revealed. Um, and, and I'd I just like to say a bit of, um, so however the clown turns up that day, um, what's the beauty in the work is they're not always the same clown, okay? So there are different aspects of us and sometimes we'll be um, a frustrated one, a clown or a happy one or a sad. And we try not to, some clown schools um, develop a strong pers um, persona of this is my clown. Okay. Well, my form of teaching is to say and you're this and you're that and today you're this and who knows what's going to happen tomorrow so the whole series is of can we stand on the threshold of unknowing and see what emerges and what emerges becomes far more interesting than any idea that you could have um, decided you were going to come in with. So I have to stop clowns. You can very, very clearly see the clowns who come in, come in and you say, I, I don't want you to have any idea. And you, I instantly know when they've come on with an idea because <laughs> it's, not, it's not as interesting. They think they're saving themselves by coming on with this really interesting plan. But the, the most fascinating Peace is their journey and if and if they've come in with a, an idea they've lost the journey of unknowing they've lost the journey of discovering what the what the space has to hold 
Oh, my word. So what's the best thing anyone's ever said to you after a session that's been maybe a first timer? Um, well, we do have a closing circle. And um, I, to be honest, it isn't about me. Do you see what I mean? No, I'm just wondering about their experience. What's the yeah, thing that's just really they, caught you about their experience? They just really are... Um, it's like um, a story of transformation their their feeling of freedom of letting something go of new possibilities um not only in this space but when they go back home their their different ways of seeing the world and the rules that clowns um they know the rules but they can so easily be so much in the play that they forget the rules and it's at that point where their clown shines so you know they 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 come back basically that's the thing is it's a secret of something like that you think i'll oh, give it a go or whatever and then you find yourself going back again of well something must have really happened to to drive them to give it another go and like i say explore see where else they can take this this persona this character this this inner being see what else comes out what else is going to emerge and that always wondering um and it, I suppose it's almost it sounds like it turns that sense of wonder from the object to actually the sense of wonder is now about what else is going to come from me regardless of what object it is although we there's an object there what the clowns then start to realize is um the unexpected things happen unexpected things happen so the leaf isn't really the thing so unexpected something like a, like we talked about our dogs like a dog or what you know like you'll be in a workshop and there'll be a spider crosses the floor or something or there'll be an airplane passing and they receive the world they receive the world a hundred percent so their attention will go to the airplane and they'll they'll start to fly and it'll fit in with the story that's um you know the loose structure that i've given them yeah so this that so the clowns start to see the whole of their world with a new interest the curtains the wind so it all becomes you know if you touch you know even the surface of your desk as though it was for the first time it 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 starts to live do you know what I mean? Everything is touched and seen and felt. <laughs> Touching my laptop now. That's quite interesting. It's quite similar. Oh, there's a bit of dirt on there. <laughs> suddenly I've got, oh, there we go. Um, so, yeah, that's that's interesting, isn't it? When you say actually the, the noticing of other things, but almost remaining, not in character, because it's not a character, is it? It's you, but remaining in that space, in that mindset to stay with it and stay with that feeling and stay with that preparedness to see what emerges with the spider, with the plane, with whatever's happening. And do you find they talk about when they've been in between sessions, the, the differences that are made and what they notice in between sessions, or maybe suddenly they find they're noticing more or. There's something sort of that I do that I don't try to. So I don't try to probe too much and I'll tell you. So they, they share what, what they share and it's always beautiful and valuable but when I did the work and I um, was a clown before I trained um, sort of psychological insights come to you or um, you know the, the stuckness that I felt with um, my parenting starts to unstick and um, 
the problems that I encountered in, in my life um, were no longer problems because you see them completely differently. And the rules that the shoulds uh, must all those start to just dissolve away from you because you know that there are far more possibilities than any of that but the key key thing to for me with my children was my presence with them I I stopped hurrying them along to achieve this and do that and I wanted them to look like this or you know I just stopped that um, so that was a huge relief and I started laughing more, playing more with them, um, laughing at myself, thinking how ridiculous <laughs> to keep carrying such a weight of um, social responsibility that actually didn't fit me at all. Yeah, it didn't fit me at all. And now I can relax and just be who I, you know, I don't have to it's funny because I'm asking clowns to pretend in a way but it's you um you realize you don't have to have to pretend a social role you can actually uh, be who you are so it's about an authentic journey really yeah yeah and I guess it's giving folk I guess permission isn't it to let that out and embrace what we would I suppose the grown-up brains and the adults in us would say, oh, that's silly, and this is silly, and that's silly. But actually, silly's okay sometimes. Silly's all right. You wouldn't use it in every circumstance. You wouldn't go and be silly at a funeral necessarily, unless you've chosen. Unless it's yours, Andrew. Maybe you invite that. <laughs> Who knows? You know, one day I will invite anyone to be silly at mine, frankly, because I think that would be um, much more fun than, than anything. So, uh, anyway, we shouldn't talk about funerals. But, um, I, just, I was actually wondering, I think, when you when you moved on to, to actually, as a parent, the difference that made for you um and the benefits that that may have because there's parents listening to this you know no, no doubt some of my listeners are parents that you know to think about actually as parents as the grown-ups you know that sometimes we we take on that's almost a persona isn't it we, we lock away that that sort of childlike wonder and those other uh, emotions and things and the sense of awe and all the stuff that you know we tend to be all super grown up and a bit cool and a bit kind of you know straight about it purely because oh I have to be serious here and I have to be like this in this scenario and I have to be like this in this scenario and you know the kids today or they're all just being a bit too silly and actually sometimes it's just embracing that isn't it rather than and I guess if, if they've had that experience like you offer to embrace a little bit of silly a little bit of joy and awe and wonder and let that out and feel the benefit to then notice when it's good and okay to be in that space with their children. Like you say, you noticed more, you're more observant. You, you dropped a lot of the social sort of not norms, but rules, if you like, that why do I tell myself I have to be like this in this scenario? All parents, but particularly parents of adopted children or um looked after children and I just think it's so you need it as a parent so that you can come back with fresh eyes of appreciation and and just to let go for uh, even if it's an hour and a half a week or an hour a week it is really um, quite wonderful and the other amazing thing about clowning is um, through the improvisations which aren't just about objects and the certain scenes I set and ask them to play within it um, 
the whole dynamics are about listening, about listening and the relationship. So there's loads of work about receiving what the other what the other's play is in order oh. for you to carry on the play. So that quality of listening when you bring it back to your home life, um, that that empathy is so valuable. And the other thing that happens in clowning, well, there's many things, but uh, lots of mistakes start to happen <laughs> and, and problems. Um, and, and, and new clowns want to sort all the problems out, but they, it doesn't carry their clown far enough. So we stay with the problem. We stay with the problem and more and more fun and joy and clowning comes out of staying with the problem. And incredibly unexpected solutions come from staying with it. I mean, quite amazing solutions. Um, and they don't have to be big, but there's this inner clocking afterwards. So after every improvisation, we have a feedback to hear, you know, what their clowning moments were and how they felt as a person in it. And there's so many things that people clock that are, that are changing and you can see them sort of just start to soften and dissolve and even love one another you know we all start to think oh this is what it is to be human this is what it is to be in community this is what it is to share our vulnerabilities so everybody has this lovely yeah relaxation I can imagine it's a little bit like a weight being lifted it's, it's particularly if you're you're busy and you've got a job to do and you get then that's a very grown-up job but it's very all very heavy on you to have this time where you can just park all of that put it to one side and do something entirely different do some be something almost entirely different than what is the norm of that world and yeah I can imagine that has some massive profound effects as well again once you go back to that world you may start noticing things are different again there so the, sort of the work life and have you ever do you ever work with corporate groups do you ever work with people from like the business I'm trying I'm really trying to <laughs> get into that world um as a well, I mean doctors I'm, is a great start I mean they're quite a straight laced bunch some of them aren't they so, you know I'm probably being unfair to doctors now but you know it's you, you do wonder don't you if um if clinicians are okay to have a go at this why on earth would corporate people not be I'd really love to get into corporations. Um, and it's just that my skills of, go, of bravery to actually go and approach them. This is a learning for me, but honestly, the things, the team building, the celebrating mistakes, um, the new ideas, the empathy, the connections, and having fun together, I just think it would be so wonderful. And if anybody's listening, <laughs> please let me come and offer you an hour and a half taste session and let's book it in for every week thereafter. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So apart from, guys, um, if you have any corporate connections you think would actually really benefit from reconnecting with their sense of awe and wonder and joy and everything that clowning could offer... Um, then let us know and we'll get we'll give it Angie's contact details in the show notes now Angie the one thing we do on Thought Garden every single time is we like to plant an idea or a thought um, something for our listeners to go away with and ponder so what would be your thought for our listeners to take away today 
love it if you just remembered something from your childhood that you really loved, whether it be skipping or blowing bubbles or lying in the grass pretending you're an angel. I just like you to do it. I just like you to take the risk and do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I love that. I just want to see someone skip by my window. <laughs> if they'd listen to this, that would be superb. Thank you so much, Angie, for coming on. This has been absolutely joyful. I feel like I'm connecting with my sense of wonder and childhood a little bit right now. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Um, everybody, thank you for listening. Um, Angie's details will be in the show notes. Um, if we've referenced anything, um, I don't know whether we referenced any research or anything, but if I know of any or Angie knows of any, we'll pop some links in the show notes for you if there's anything there for you to have a look at. Again, remember, if you know anyone in the corporate space or you are in the corporate space and you want to inject some fun into your team and let them play let them play um then get in touch and uh, i can either pass your details to angie or like i say her contact details will be there um if you liked this episode and you want to hear more we've got some more guests coming up this year um and there's a new episode out about every month or so then please um do hit that subscribe button um or a bell or whatever it is that you have to uh, press on your listening platform to get the alerts and notifications when a new episode comes out Thank you very much for listening to Thought Garden and have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.